This is Pastor Devin, and I just want to say thanks for joining us, and I hope and pray that this message is an encouragement to your life today. Well, you're stuck with the old guy today. But I tell you what, this, this, this old guy has a lot of, the old guy has a lot of fire in the furnace. So I, I told the earlier group in the first service that um, the, the service where Devin was singing yesterday uh, was streamed in. So Dream and I were able to watch this long, long service, like two and a half hours uh, from people all over the world. In a sanctuary that seats about 2,000, the place was packed. And people from Africa and Argentina, Europe, had come to this funeral to celebrate the life of this special lady. And as we sat there, I was just so honored that um, our son and your pastor was selected out of all the singers in the world. And they asked, Devin to come and, and sing, and I was so blessed. Something else that happened is uh, Hazel Hoskins uh, was uh, 81 years old. And the Hoskins, you may not know them, but uh, they're icons in the denomination of the Assemblies of God, where Dream and I pastored for 38 years. And uh, But One Hope, the ministry that they head up, and it's one of the missions agency that we support. Devin was with them for a lot of years, 20 years. And um, the Hoskins family uh, are more than just what as we knew them as pastors in the assemblies. They became family. Dear, dear precious people. And Rob is one of our overseers, and he will be here some Sunday in the future, speaking to us. And I can't wait until you hear him. It is an anointed family, powerful family, but this is someone that I admired. I remember the first time I ever heard uh, Rob's father, Bob Hoskins, who founded One Hope, speak. I, I, it was incredible. So how blessed I was 20 years ago when they asked Devin to join their efforts in a global effort to reach the children of the world. And uh, But as I sat there, I thought, 81, okay, that's, uh, see, I'm 72. That's the group that's just out ahead of me. Uh, it's good. The Bible says to number our days. It's smart. It's wisdom to number our days. And I thought about, okay, if, if you choose to take me home, Lord, around the time of Hazel, then I've got a few more years left. And you know what? I want to end it like she did. Last year, she was in China, France. Uh, Europe, she was all over the place, going right to the end. That's what I want to do. I want to finish in the saddle. Amen? So it it was a, a time of just really deep reflection, and I'm so honored to be here to share with you the Word of God. I turn to Psalm chapter 5, and uh, we'll read it in just a moment. <clears throat> Psalm chapter 5, verses 11 and 12, and we'll read it in just a moment. But before we do that, I want to ask you to do something. How many, how many remember playing pretend 
when you were a kid? Did you ever play pretend? Now, when I was a kid, we, we had to pretend a lot because we didn't have the incredible lifelike toys that all the kids have today. We had to use our imagination. I mean, with a cardboard box and a block of wood, we can conquer the world. It, you know, it cracks me up. The kids, they have all these gadgets and stuff. And I want to tell you, just try it. I dare you do it with your grandkids. Just get a big cardboard box and bring it and sit it in the center of the room and they will leave that toy and go right to the box. Because they like using their imagination. However, for my sis and I, we were little. All we did was go to church back in those days. And so we didn't know anything else. I mean, think about this. No television. I, I don't even remember at that time having a radio. Later on, we did. And even with the radio, you've got to use your imagination, right? So there's nothing else to do but pretend what you do all the time. So whatever, however the church service went on Sunday, that's how we pretended through the week. She, my sis, Jan, would always lead the songs. Back in those days, they called them song leaders. And I always preached. And Teddy Bear always got saved, filled with the Spirit, and healed in every service. Now, back in those days, the Holy Spirit was a little rougher than he is today. Oh, the Holy Spirit's gentle. He's a gentleman. He won't do. I mean, he goes to your wishes. You don't want him to be in your life, he'll back off. But I take our concept, because of those days in the Pentecostal church, the Holy Spirit was a little rougher. In fact, Teddy lost an ear in one of the morning services. I want, us, I want us to pretend this morning. Can you do that? Can you turn on the high def screen in your mind? And I want you to pretend with me. Let's pretend that we're in the crowd that's following Jesus as he makes his way from one town to the other. As he walks, he teaches. He shares truth and principles that will bring blessing to the lives of those who hear and obey. He talks about the benefits of the righteous. Any righteous people here today? The Bible says you've been declared righteous not because of your own doing, because of the blood of Jesus. How many righteous people do we have in here today? Amen. Now, those who are close to Jesus as he's walking, really close, they can hear every word. They can hear every inflection of his voice. See any change in his facial expression. Can hear him even if he whispers. They catch it. Why? Because they are following close. And they do whatever it takes to stay there. Because you see they have pressed through the crowd to get there. And because the benefits that have come to their life. Because they hear his teachings and do them are important to them. That's why they stay there in the crowd. Now, those who are farther back in the crowd can hear him every once in a while. They catch a word here and there, but the noise of the crowd from all the other voices that surround them distract and interrupt. 
So much of what Jesus is saying is lost or completely misunderstood because of where they are in the crowd. Then there are those that are out on the peripheral edge. They can barely hear the Lord at all. It's true, they're following him, but at a distance. They enjoy being in the crowd, especially when the disciples are passing out food and Jesus is doing miracles. They love the excitement of all of it, but they are never close enough to really hear him. They catch a glimpse of him once in a while, but they're satisfied just to saunter along at a distance on the purple edge of the crowd. Now, here's my question. Based upon the quality of your present relationship with Jesus, where are you in the crowd? I pray before we leave here today that every one of you set your hearts to do whatever it takes to have a closer relationship with Jesus. That it will be the deepest desire of your heart. Let's read our text. Psalm 5, verses 11 and 12. But let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them, that those who love your name may rejoice in you. For surely, O Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as with a shield. These two verses have become an important part of my prayer life. On a regular basis, I pray them over Dreama and me. Every morning before she heads off to the Aflac world. And it is a separate world. I take her in my arms. I mean, there's benefits with praying for your wife, guys. And I get my morning kiss. And then she hears me pray. Father God, thank you for my wife. I pray today that as she goes out into this world, that you will fill her with your joy and peace. I pray that you will cover her with your protection. I pray, Lord God, that you will surround her with your favor. Every day I pray this over my kids, Devin and Ashley, two daughters, their kids, my grandkids. I name every one of them because every one of them is special to God. Connect leaders of our church, I pray them over you. Because we all need it. Amen? Lord, fill them with your joy. Cover them with your protection. And surround them with your favor. I mean, tell me, what more could you ask for in this life than to have God's joy? you have any joy this morning? To be protected by him. Surrounded by the favor of God. I know there are seminars we go off to and we learn, and that's all good. We need that. We need to grow. But there is nothing more 
in this world that you could have. But the joy of the Lord, his protection, and his favor. And I don't know about you, but every once in a while, I need to remind myself, like I reminded you this morning, you're a righteous one, believer. I need to remind myself, Ron, you're one of those righteous ones who are filled with joy, covered with protection, surrounded by favor. The Bible says he even has our rear guard. I'm filled, I'm covered. I'm surrounded with God's joy, protection, and favor. And I want to talk to you for a few minutes about filled with joy. Bruce Larson, in one of his many books, and I love the title. Listen to the title of this book. There's a lot more to health than not being sick. Have to think that through a little bit, right? Kind of tough on a Sunday morning sometimes. Listen to what he writes. The bottom line for you and me is simply this. Grimness is not a Christian value. He writes, there are no sad saints. If God really is the center of one's life, And being, joy is inevitable. If we have no joy, we have missed the heart of the good news and our bodies as much as our souls will suffer the consequences. C.S. Lewis wrote, There is too much solemnity and intensity in dealing with sacred matters, too much speaking in holy tones. The tragic loss in all this is that the individual in the pew begins to feel that in the midst of the religious razzle-dazzle, he cannot get through to the Lord himself. We have learned that joy is more than a sense of the comic, more than earthly pleasure, and to a believer, even more than what we call happiness. Joy is the enjoyment of God and the good things that come from the hand of God. Listen, Lewis is right. Joy is a universal way from what we know as happiness. Here's what I found to be true. Happiness can go just as fast as it came. You can be, as the old saying, happy as a lark. And one look from that certain person, and it's gone. One sharp word from your boss, it's gone. One phone call, happiness is gone. You can be driving along, happy, radio blasting your favorite song, and the sound of a siren and the reflection of red light in your rearview mirror, and it's gone. Dreba has experienced that in the last three months quite a bit. I think, is this your third one just recent? Yeah, right. Yeah, enjoy. Yeah. Okay. See, happiness has a lot to do with our circumstances. If we feel good about the things that are going on in our life, we're happy. But it's temporary, just as this life is. Joy is a supernatural delight. Here's a great definition that came from this pulpit from Pastor Devin a few weeks ago. He says, joy is a supernatural delight that can be found only in the person of God, the purposes of God, and the people of God. 
you need some joy in your life, then get involved with God and his words so that you can know him. Get involved with what he's doing here at Connect Church, our community, and around the world. And get involved with the people of God. You know, we have connect groups here at the church, small group ministry that meets through the week. And every chance I get, I plug it. So I got the platform today, so here we go. I love connect groups. And Dream and I hosted and led a small group of 12 to 13 people this spring up into the, the summer. And basically what we do in this group is everyone comes and uh, we discuss the main points of Pastor Devin's message Sunday before, get into the Word of God. Then we pray for one another, and then we eat. Now, Pastor Elise and I go at each other some at staff meetings sometimes because, you see, she's a millennium. You know what that is? The millenniums? This younger generation, and, and I'm, on, I'm on the really kind of like, and I'm like, I, I'll, I'll say I'm a baby boomer, but I'm pushing it. And here's one thing, we baby boomers can cook. Praise God. And these ladies bring all this food in. Oh, man. It started out. Well, we're, just, we're not going to do this big. We're going to just snack. Have you ever been to a baby boomer snack? And it, got, it kept growing and growing. And then we ended, the last week we were together, we ended with a big potluck buffet. It was awesome. It was incredible. Through that time, we went through th- rough times in that small little group because this is the first time this has ever happened in all my 38 years of ministry. In that 12 weeks, two women, two ladies in our group lost their husband just like that. We had miracles happen. We prayed for Steve's. Is he nephew or what? Yes. Who had been told he had cancer and his chances of living were next to none. And God, we prayed with a whole lot of other people, but boy, did we pray. And God miraculously healed him. And in the process of all, brought the family together that were estranged. This little group of 12 people experienced the fullness of God. We, we cried together. We laughed together. Man, there was joy in that group. And when we first started out, they would arrive at 6, and then they would be out the door usually by 8.30. And by the end of that 12 weeks, we were trying to push them out at 10 o'clock. It's joy. The world doesn't understand it. But we as believers, we know what it is. It's to be involved with God. His word, God's purposes on this earth, and God's people. There's nothing like it, and he provides it for us. How many know that in his presence, there is fullness of joy? 
Just think of the times you've run to him in times of trouble in those desperate situations of life when there seemed to be no answers and no solutions, but you took refuge in God and he, as it says in Esther 9.22, turned your sorrow into joy and your mourning into a day of celebration. Brothers and sisters, Nehemiah 8.10 is right. The joy of the Lord is our strength. How's your joy? Number two, covered with protection. David writes, spread your protection over them that those who love your name may rejoice in you. These last two winters, many of us here have been belly aching about and crying the blues about because it's so cold. Devin told me that if I would move up here, we'd move up here, that the winters are moderate. Yeah, they are. Because it, that, listen folks, that wasn't cold. I remember as a boy up in Ohio, living in a parsonage with no insulation, heated with an old coal furnace. How many of you know what that is? Wow. I know one thing. The, the heat never got to my room on the second floor. And I'll never forget, I'd go to bed freezing, man, just freezing. And I'd hear mom start coming up those squeaking steps. And she'd walk in the room with this big quilt that she had by the heater. And she'd flip that quilt in the air down at the bottom of my bed. And as it settled down over me, from the tip of my nose to the tips of my toes. That warmth. Oh, that felt so good. God, our Heavenly Father, wants to take his big quilt of protection, flip it out over your life and your family, and let it settle down on you, all your going out and all your coming in. He wants to bless you with his protection. Your family. Listen to what Jesus prayed to the Father just before he was crucified. John 17, 11, I will remain in this world no longer, but they are still in the world. I'm coming to you, Father. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name. And later in his prayer, verse 20, he prays, My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. He says, I'm not praying just for the disciples. I'm praying for everyone who will believe in the years, decades, year after year, century after century. Jesus prayed to the Heavenly Father for our protection, backed up by the power of his name. Paul wrote in 2 Thessalonians 3.3, But the Lord is faithful, and he will protect He will strengthen and protect you from the evil one. During most of the years that our families were living in Fort Lauderdale, as I was talking about, Devin was involved in a ministry that took him all over the world. And at times I would take him to the airport, driving down to Miami International or over to Fort Lauderdale Airport. And I'd get down there at 4 o'clock in the morning, and he would jump out of the car, grab his luggage, and head for the check-in. As I drove away, I would pray, Father, I thank you for the protection 
that covers my boy. Jesus, I join my prayer with your prayer that you prayed to the Father for Devin. Before you left this earth, protect him from the evil one. Father, I thank you for your protection. There have been times, listen, the fact, the truth of the matter is, we're all here today as a testimony of God's protection. Who knows where we would be had God not protected us. We all have testimonies that we knew. But there have been times, dear one, when God the Father dispatched an angel to your side and you were even unaware of it. I'm grateful for the protection of God. He covers us with his protection. Number three, surrounded with favor. From our text, verse 12, For surely, O Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as with a shield. David wrote in Psalm 30, verses 4 to 5, Sing to the Lord, you saints of his. Praise his holy name, for his anger lasts only a moment. Boy, I love this. But his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may remain for a night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. Listen, the man who wrote those words knew what it was to fail. I mean fail. He did things in his life that greatly displeased God. Have you ever experienced God's displeasure? I have. It's not a comfortable place to be. David knew what it was to experience the displeasure of God. But with a heart of repentance, he sought God's forgiveness. And God in love and mercy restored him. And David wrote, Psalm 35, For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. And he's described in both the Old Testament and the New as a man after God's own heart. He wasn't perfect. He didn't live his life free of failure, mistakes, or bad decisions. He sure made a few. But his life as a whole spoke of one who was seeking after God's heart, longing to be close to him. And David writes in Psalm 23, 6, Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. I love the message, how it puts it. It says, God's kindness and goodness chases me down everywhere I go. Listen, being surrounded with God's favor does not, does not mean that you will have a trouble-free life. Jesus told us that in this life, we will have trouble, did he not? The Bible's full of examples of people who faced what seemed to be an insurmountable problem. But because they were surrounded by God's favor, walked through the sea on dry land, had a slumber party with a bunch of lions, walked in and out of a fiery furnace, had a weekend stay in the belly of a huge fish, survived shipwrecks and famine, had prison doors shattered and walked out untouched, shook off snakes and walked on scorpions. Because when you are surrounded by the favor of God, the Bible says, Nothing shall be impossible. Hallelujah. I love the story of Joseph. What a great example of a life that was surrounded with God's favor in the midst of trouble. Trouble. Everywhere you look, trouble, trouble. 
You know the story. He was hated by his own family, sold into slavery, falsely accused of rape, thrown into prison. He was mistreated and taken advantage of in almost every possible way. But no matter what they did to him, no matter where they put him, in the 39th chapter of Genesis, it says that God even blessed the household of his master Potiphar because Joseph was in his household. Now, we, you know that I work part-time for sellers, funeral homes. In fact, we got some sellers people back there in the back pew. Now, I've never done this, but I was thinking about doing it the other day. I, I was thinking about going up to Judd Sellers, who's the owner, and saying, Judd, I, I, I'm sure you understand this, but I just want you to know, because I'm here and I'm an employee, you're blessed. Now, I, I work hard, and I do all the things a good employee. In fact, listen, an employer, your employer, should be saying, where do I get one of those Christians like that? I need more Christians. That's what they ought to be saying. And I'm going to do all that. But there's even more I bring to the table. Because, Judd, when I walk in this building, I'm bringing the favor of God with me. Do you understand that? Do you understand because I'm here? God's favor rests upon this place. I believe that. Maybe you shouldn't do that. Maybe, maybe I'll hold off on a while before you do that. <laughs> maybe it wouldn't be the wisest thing right up front. But you know what? You need to recognize that. And you know what I believe? If you will recognize that and walk in God's favor, they will eventually see it and recognize it. Because I want everyone to know that Jesus lives in me. Listen to the words of Paul. 2 Corinthians 6 verses 1 and 2. As God's fellow workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. Anyone ever wasted the grace of God? I have. Paul says, "Don't, don't do that. For he says, in the time of my favor... I heard you, and in the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now, now is the day of salvation. Dear ones, if ever there was a time in your life when you need to be seeking hard after God's favor, it is now. Our world is changing. Our nation is changing. Our culture is changing. And I'm so thankful that God's favor is not determined by the culture I live in. It's not determined by the nation that I'm in. And I love the American flag. But God's favor is more important to me than the the American flag. Because wherever I'm at in the world, I can walk in God's favor. And blessing, you need to be seeking God's favor. And I remind you, it doesn't come. Listen, God's favor does not come from a set of rules or a hyped formula, God's favor, listen to this, comes out of a relationship with Jesus. You want God's favor to surround you? Then seek a close relationship with Jesus. Press through the crowd and all the stuff, the religious stuff, and get to Jesus. Bruce Larson is right. If God really is the center of your life and being, joy is inevitable. 
Protection is inevitable. Favor is inevitable. Now let me wrap this up real quick. Because David doesn't leave us hanging and wondering, well, wonder what, what I got to do. If you have your Bible or whatever device you're using, go back up to verses 1 through 3 of this fifth chapter in Psalms. And he gives us the key to joy, protection, and favor. Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my sighing. Listen to my cry for help, my King and my God. For to you I pray. In the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you and wait in expectation. David has something to teach us here, so I want you to bear with me. There's another translation that helps us understand it even better. It reads like this. Morning by morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. Morning by morning, I lay my request before you and wait in expectation. Morning by morning means every day. Does it not? Sunday's not the only time you're going to hear my voice, God. Morning after morning, you hear my voice. Day after day, I lay my requests before you. Dear ones, I, I have to be honest with you. I get concerned for people who can stand alongside with other worshipers on Sunday morning and God still doesn't hear their voice. People bow their heads to pray and God still doesn't hear their voice. They're given an opportunity to confess their sins and receive God's forgiveness and yet God doesn't hear their voice. Let me ask you, has God heard your voice this morning? And David, what, what part of every day do I lay my request before you and wait in expectation? In the morning, in the first part of the day. I say, Ron, is that, is that really significant? What did Jesus say? Matthew 6, but seek first. His kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. What did Jesus do while he was here on earth? I want you to look at, I want to look with you on the screen. This Mark 1.35. Look at this. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, man, I now with the change of time, you got to get up to do that. Look at this. If you have your Bibles, I'd just encourage you to underline three words. Jesus got up. Woo! Well, that's the rub, isn't it? Jesus got up. You say, well, he was Jesus. Left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Someone says that means Jesus must have been a morning person. No, do you know what that means, I think? It means that to Jesus, spending time with the Father was a priority in his life. And so, he got up. If time with the Father was a priority in Jesus' life, how much more should it be in ours, especially if we desire God's joy, protection, and favor? Maybe you're not a morning person. I get that. Well, I think I get it. 
maybe you should say the best time for you is in the evening. Then give him your best. But for me, for me, in the same way I bring the first fruits of my income, my tithe to the Lord, I give him the first of every day when I place my tithe in the offering bucket or text it to Connect Church on my phone. I'm, I'm, I'm saying, Lord, you're first in my life. And in the morning when I get up and go into my little office where I meet with him, I'm saying, Lord, I'm seeking your kingdom, your righteousness, your joy, your protection, and your favor first before anything else. Fill me with your joy. (laughs) Cover me with your protection. Surround me with your favor. God, help us. You say, Ron, you're preaching to the the choir. This is a Sunday morning group of people that came here. Listen, you can even be on the platform and following Jesus from a distance. Woo. Oh, yeah, you can. You can. So I'm not talking about performance. I'm talking about relationship. God, help us to make our time with you a priority every day. Why? Because David is right. I know what will happen in the life of anyone who makes their time with God a priority. Every day, morning by morning, filled with joy, covered with protection, surrounded by favor. Remember the question that I asked you at the beginning of this message? I ask, where are you in the crowd? Are you close, listening to his voice? Or are you back in the crowd, or maybe even following him at a distance? I've got one more question before we pray. Where do you want to be? Where do you want to be? Because his spirit is inviting you this morning to get closer, to come. Press through. Push through whatever you have to press through to get close. Whatever obstacle is preventing you from being close must be dealt with so the enemy of your soul will no longer keep you from enjoying the benefits of those who are close to Jesus. Listen, your heavenly Father is longing to fill you with joy, cover you with his protection, and surround you with his favor. Let's pray. Thanks again for joining us. If you want to join us on Sunday, we meet at 10.30 a.m. right next to Wilson Central High School or check us out online at connectchurchtn.com. Thanks so much and have a blessed day.